This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, apologies to those of you who uh, want this to be more consistent <laughs> and more often, but I have been really busy lately, super busy, and um, and also torn, busy and torn. Uh, two things that are not good ingredients for consistency around life and certainly not consistency around doing a podcast when I'm torn about what it is I'm doing with this podcast these days. And part of the torn has to do with the busy, busy torn, busy torn. Isn't that kind of like the story of our lives always? Like the things that actually don't help us in going towards and being consistent in our life is because we feel busy, which means we feel overwhelmed, or we feel torn. We're not quite sure about our intention or our motivation. And so instead of moving forward, possibly in the wrong direction, we just don't move forward at all. And so I think I'm going to unpack that a little bit today. The busy part has been that I have been working on being a grown up. <laughs> oh, I laugh because I'm 55 and well, grown up things should be happening, should have been happening. And they have, they have, they have. But we all have parts in our lives, areas in our life where we know we're not grown up. We know we're kind of sliding by or we're, we're dancing around things and managing and doing well enough that we don't really have to face them. But this year, I really did decide to face something that's very much has to do with the American dream, which is how do I support myself? How do I actually make enough money, make a living have security in my life so that I don't feel terrified every time I wake up every morning about my future. I think a lot of us can relate to this, right? And, you know, many people took very normal routes and got a good nine to five job that pays the bills and has some benefits and is consistent. And of course, we know in this world, that's not the way it was 50 years ago. I mean, you can't really rely on that, but, but there is some sort of choice that people make about that, you know, and, and I never made that choice as an adult. Part of it, I didn't have to. I was privileged and I was erroneously dependent on my parents financially at times, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little, but they were always there in the background. It was always there for me. And, you know, part of just the last 10 years of my life has been figuring out, A, well, you know, being able to say who I am in the world, finding my voice, being able to go out in the world and have some success with my creative life, but also just figuring out, okay, so dad's not there as the safety net anymore. What the hell do I do? 
And so this year, turning 55, it was a real, you know, what they say, come to Jesus moment. There's something about looking ahead and seeing that in 15 years, I'll be 70. I mean, that the first time I thought that, I thought, I thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest, just saying the word 70 <laughs> in connection with my own life. And only 15 years away, I mean, 15 years ago, I was 40. That seems like a fucking snap of the fingers. So that's terrifying. So I decided to get grown up and adult about looking at money in my life. And, you know, I, I'm, I have some security in my life. I'm lucky, lucky I, ha- I own a home. Um, you know, my husband has a decent good job when he gets it. He's a camera operator. Um, and I have some ways of making money. I'm a writer. I'm a performer. Uh, you know, I could jump into the entertainment industry part of my life. You know, people think with great ease, oh, Kelly, your dad is that person and you know all these people. Yes, and you know, it's the most competitive, one of the most competitive industries on the planet. Uh, Sure, I could do that. Um, And that takes time, writing scripts, pitching, you know, having the confidence to do that. Do I really have what it takes? In some areas, I know I do. Um, Is it really the path I want? Some areas, I know it isn't. But one thing I do know is that since Mm, 1999, 2000, I have known that I want to talk to the world about what it means to be human, what it means to take care of ourselves, what it means to evolve ourselves, what it means to unpack the storylines in our head and walk away from the aspects of it that no longer work for us and put away the five-year-old and nine-year-old and 11-year-old version of ourselves, or maybe not put it away, but at least see it for what it is, recognize it for what it is, and put it into context so that the adult part of me can live, or the adult part of you can live a more fulfilled, stable life. So I've always known I've wanted to do that. And of course, two years ago, almost two years ago, yeah, what is it, fall of 2016? I did. That year, 2016, I I made a turning point. I knew I wanted to teach. Um, And so I I started taking steps towards that. And then in the, uh, the spring of 2017, I began to teach my Unplug series of meditation and mindfulness classes on Rizuku. And uh, that's been great. It's been amazing. So I knew this year that I could, I could do that. I could teach. I could coach. I have these skills. I have a lot of scholarly information inside of me. I have a lot of life experience. And so I decided to jump forward and to create this women's program called Women on the Verge. And uh, it's been an evolution the last six months or so, but I launched it this week. I launched it on Tuesday. I have a, a small group of women who've come on board and they are participating in this course that I've created, that I am creating, that is unfolding every day as I pull all of the resources and ideas that I have for women to help themselves uh, discover who they are, renegotiate the relationships of who they are out in the world, but even more importantly, uh, their relationships with all the voices in their head 
learning how to really care for themselves, uh, both emotionally and physically and in their environment and inside of their relationships, and also um, have, helping them walk out into the world uh, in the most powerful way that they want to walk out, to, do the, to have the most impact their lives want to have. So I've been focused a lot on this work. I've been focused on having a lot of conversations with women about what's not working for them, what they really want, and if that intersects with what I'm doing. I've been uh, focusing on creating the beginning of this curriculum of this program. And so really focused on being a woman and looking at my life and what is my life needed in order to overcome things. And so that's the busy part. I've been super, super busy doing that and really, really immersed in it. And not just with that kind of curriculum stuff and talking to women and learning how to market about it and all of that, but really having to shift some major internal things for myself and working with my own coach around that and getting support from her and her team of people who um, help you not only understand the mindset it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, but to really take the nuts and bolts steps to do this stuff, the marketing and the sales and the creation of a, a community and all of that. So, and that's been insane for me, this internal mindset and two of the things that she's taught me the most lately, which I would love to share with you right now, is most of us have a now and then mentality, um, or a, no, a when and then mentality, sorry. Uh, so when I become dot, 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 then I'll get to have dot, dot, dot. Uh, we do it all the time. When I lose... 20 pounds, then I'll feel better about myself. Or when I lose 20 pounds, then I'll be able to be in a relationship. Or uh, when I have more money in the bank, uh, then I'll get to pursue my creative pursuits. Um, you know, there's a, you can all come up with your own version of that, right? Uh, we do it all day long. And this is how we plan our lives out. And What's interesting is that what she has shared with me, and by the way, her name is Melissa McFarlane, and her business is called Creative Successful Entrepreneurs, uh, so you all know who she is, and so I can support her work in the world, but what she's helped me understand, there's another way to look at the world, which is, now I want this, so how do I go about getting it? Now I am seeing myself as a successful business owner uh, who brings in a certain amount of money each month that is paying off my debt, that is um, supporting uh, our household, is uh, helping me be able to have the impact that I want to have in the world because I'm no longer waking up at 3 a.m. worrying about money. And now I can worry about the work I'm doing in the world and how to have a broader impact uh, on the planet the way I want to have it. And so how, how do I need to do that? And a lot of the how is I need to like stop being so fucking afraid <laughs> and, and really get that I have something to contribute in the world and to just do it. Oh, there's that Nike thing again. Just do it. So that's been a big part of the shift that I've been doing. And a lot of it has to do with commitment, just committing committing to what my vision is, believing I can do it, 
and just doing it. And then through the doing, learning, you know, what's working and what's not working. And the exciting thing is, is that a lot of it's working. I've launched this program, which is a dream of mine ever since, I think, leaving grad school in 2004. I had written my thesis, as many of you know, have heard me talk about, uh, the, on the Persephone Demeter or Demeter uh, myth, which is the mother-daughter myths. I've always been interested in the unfolding of women and women's relationship to each other and the world and their power and their voice. And so since 2004, I've thought about a lot about this. And I, and I know that wanting to write my own story and tell my own story has been a big part of the foundation of this work for me. And of course, I, I put it on the shelf and put it away a few times when my dad was alive. As some of you know from my memoir, Solo Show, that story. Um, and then, though, I've gotten the chance in the last three to six years to tell my story. And so that's been a big part of it. And I wasn't quite ready to help other women until I could know that I have helped myself in some way. And so here I am now, steeped in this program, steeped in ways that I want to support women and their journeys. And so that was the torn part the torn part of not being able to be here with you the last few weeks, even though I did an octagon uh, discussion, uh, octagon table discussion a few weeks ago with some friends of mine. Uh, but I knew I was leading up to this launch with this program and, and, and then this torn part, which is I'm very immersed right now in the ways of the woman, the journey of a woman, what it means to be a woman and and, and that's both in the biological sense of the actual, my body of being a woman, uh, but also the gender sense, the cultural constructed part of it. And so the torn part is that this podcast is called Waking from the American Dream. It's not called Women on the Verge or Women Waking from the American Dream. And so I... I feel like I'm kind of torn in half right now. I don't know what to talk about here. And I, and I want to talk about the work I'm doing. And I want to talk about some of the things we're unpacking there in a broader sense, obviously. Um, but I don't want to leave out the thousands of men who listen to this podcast and who get something from this podcast and who follow me online. And, and so I just need to sit down and just figure out a way to unpack a lot of what I'm doing right now and um, do it in a way that serves all of us, that serves all of humanity, that isn't just about being a woman. And maybe I'm the one who's making this distinction that is a broader distinction than I actually think. Um, I don't know. That could possibly be true because I've certainly talked a lot about my life here. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of men out there who relate to what I talk about. Um, so it's possible that I'm making the mistake that there really is no distinction here and that this feeling torn is, is, is false, is not real, is, is just a figment of my imagination. And that is most probably true and probably true. And I also know that there are ways in which I feel like I need, I'm just learning to talk about this stuff. And so it comes from this women's perspective. And, and here's 
and here's the reason why I'm making the distinction and, and why uh, I'm getting emotional talking about this right now is because there is a way in which we women have felt extremely unprotected in our culture and that we are afraid to reveal to the wider culture what we go through and specifically what is our our process and what we wrestle with and and who we are and how it feels to be us because there's not a hell of a lot in this culture that um, or Western civilization throughout time that has led us to believe that it won't be used against us, that it won't be used in some way to further manipulate us or subjugate us or question us or, I don't know, be used against us in some way. Um, I, I don't think I've really realized this um, up until now, but I've been watching the Kavanaugh hearing all morning and um, and just watching the Me Too movement in general. And I've never been sexually assaulted, but I was physically and emotionally abused and tortured a bit as a teenager and then in, in a very controlling, manipulative other relationship during my first marriage that was very emotionally controlling and, and difficult. Um, and so, but I, you know, it's been a slow awakening for me to understand. And I always just blamed myself for all of that stuff. Um, but it's been a slow awakening since my mom's death 21 years ago. And then throughout just my life, the last 20 years about how under siege, I think most women feel most days uh, we've created a great shield around us and we've created a lot of ways to fit in and to work through the system and to work within the system and to twist ourselves into pretzel shapes in order to feel like we're safe and that we can get by and that we'll, we'll make it through. But I don't think I've ever really realized how how under siege this culture makes me feel. And so um, that's been part of it too. The last few weeks has been watching this unfolding of the way both sides have handled, I talk political sides have handled this, um, uh, all of this. And that uh, just in politics, uh, the last two years <laughs> watching how desperate we all feel on either side, whether it's those who feel under attack and their system and their power and their position feels under attack and how frightening that is for them and how dangerous the world feels for them right now. And then for women to be finding our voices and to realize how under siege and under attack we have always felt and that now we're sharing that and that that is threatening the people who have just 
been going along not really seeing that because it's all been built into the system. You know, there's no like people sitting around in a room deciding on how the system's going to be and let's make it happen. I mean, we're all just humans trying to fucking just get by in the world that's handed to us as children and as we walk through life and we're just trying to figure out how to find the most power and the most ease and the easiest path forward. And for some people in the culture, they've been given a lot of power and voice and um, wiggly room uh, because that's who they are. You know, the system's kind of built to do that for them. And so they, they take advantage of it. And, you know, um, and I, like I did, you know, I'm a white privilege girl and I took advantage of the white privileges that were given to me and the privilege of my father's fame and all of that. I get it. I, I get it. And yet I always had a part of me that knew, oh, fame is nothing and it's all bullshit. And of course, I grew, we grew up very poor the first few years of my life and all of that. So my dad's and my mother's both more humble roots always informed who I was and who we were. But sure, you know. I understand what it's like to be privileged. Um, and and so we're all just doing the best we can and trying to figure out the rules as we go along. And sometimes the rules give you a, a lot of leeway and sometimes the rules you have to figure out that you have to be a certain way. And so as a woman, there's a lot of rules that go along with that. So I've kind of had both sides of it. I've had the white privilege. I've had the the fame and the success money privilege with my parents part. Um, but then I've also had the woman privilege, I mean, the woman situation. And, uh, and so it's just a very raw, raw time for all of this and for the culture in general. And we're all on pins and needles and we're all very emotional. And, um, and the hyper-partisan aspect of all of this, I think, is an emotional reaction to all of us um, feeling like we have no other way or form to express ourselves and our needs at this time about what's going on. And so these representatives for us are the ones who are mouthpieces. And it's just, it's not the greatest way for it to be unfolding. Um, I think we need to talk to each other. We need to sit down and hear each other as humans trying to find our way through all of this and it not just be about accusations and all of that. So I'm not being very articulate right now because I'm myself rather emotional about all of this and I haven't figured it out yet at all. I'm just feeling the rawness of how under siege some part of me has felt my entire life because I was born into this little girl's body and how the world treated me a certain way because of that, including my own parents. You know, I was born in the 60s and my father was very uh, pretty enlightened and woke, but at the same time, he made my mother be a traditional wife. <laughs> so I got messages right away and I got messages from from them about their relationship and and how he indirectly and tacitly mm -hmm. saw my mother and you know 
uh, and those were things that he learned in his upbringing also. And yet my father was always surrounded by very strong women, his mother and my mother. But my mother had a lot of issues about being a woman in the world. And so part of the reason that I feel, I think, so committed to this women's program that I'm doing, and the first night when we all gathered, um, not in person, but we gather online because we're all over the country, um, I asked everyone who they're dedicating this work to, and I let people know that I'm dedicating this work to my mother and the memory of my mother because... If she had had a circle of women like this and a way to unpack her own relationship with the culture, both interior culture and external culture, um, I know a lot of what she had suffered in her alcoholism and her resentment and her bitterness and, and I think a lot of her physical ailments, her fibromyalgia especially, um, she would have suffered less and had more of a voice and felt like she she could occupy more space on the earth. And so I guess that really what it comes down to, doesn't it, for all of us, is how do we decide to have, feel like we have the right to occupy the space that we occupy on earth? How large is that space? How loud is that space? How wide is it? And for each of us, some of us want it to be louder than others. Some of it want it to be bigger than others. But there's a basic space here that we're all allowed to occupy. And I think a lot of us struggle with not even feeling like we have the right to be here, let alone to occupy just the space we occupy, which means protecting our emotional and physical boundaries. And this is men and women. This is children and adults. This is all of us. And it's not that when and then, like when I get this, then I'll have a voice. Or when I get blank, then I'll have the right to feel like I belong here or feel like I have the right to have uh, a creative expression or uh, be an activist or um, go for the job I really want to go for or go for the relationship I really want to go for or have a certain amount of ease in my life. It's that when and then thing <clears throat> I see now is never ever gonna let us get there. The real question is, now, right now, I want to learn how to occupy more space in the world. I want to feel like I have the right to be here. I want to feel like I have a voice that lets people know my preferences, my visions, my thoughts, my feelings, my views. And I want to have an impact in the world. I want to know that my existence makes some kind of a difference. It doesn't mean you have to you know, be Nelson Mandela <laughs> or, uh, or Oprah Winfrey or an astronaut. I mean, unless you want to be any of those things, but it, 
all of us, I feel like we want to feel like we've, we were making an impact on some level, even if it's just to the environment around us. And we all want to be seen and heard now. So whatever it is that you want now, whatever it is that you want more of, the question isn't when or then, but the question is how? How can you do that right now? How can you take an action, an actual behavior, a change in your behavior, a huge leap it'll be? Even if it, it's the tiniest thing, like deciding on what kind of movie you want to see and not let it be filtered through all the people in your life and what they would think about the movie choice you're going to have to see, which is something I used to do. But deciding, oh, I really want to see that documentary about, I don't know, Gilda Radner or uh, Mr. Rogers or on some weird freaky tribe in Africa. I don't know, whatever it is. And, and watching it because it's what you want. Or I really, I've always wanted to be a doctor and I'm, I'm 40 years old and how is that possible? And then like going for it, looking into med school or looking into other things that will help you go towards the healing tradition you want to be a part of. Or I've always had a novel inside of me, but I'm not a writer or I've never even, I can't even spell well, but I've always had this aching to tell this story. And so it's about dreaming it and believing that somewhere inside of you, if you dream it, you can believe it. You can believe that there is some route towards it and taking the step right now today to do it no matter how big or small it is committing that's the how that's the how the how is seeing the steps and committing to the first one and doing it i mean the reason the nike thing is just do it is because the do the doing in our life is not about It's not about defining who we are in the eyes of others. Like, oh, you know, we all talk about, you know, I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being and how important the being part of this it is, of of us is. And that the doing is, you know, sometimes the, the hoops we jump through in order to satisfy the voices in our head and the culture to live up to expectations. That's not the kind of doing I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the doing that is the very action that is in alignment with the being who you are. The one that has the vision for you. The one that aches to be part of the world in some way. That's the doing. And it's essential You can't change your life without doing things differently. 
So you have to say the words that scare the hell out of you to ask the person on the date or to (laughs) tell your parents you're going to med school or to let the bully know that he's full of shit. Whatever it is, that is the only way things change is through action. And so here we are. Here we are in this world that is changing very rapidly. And some of it's we don't like, some of it we like. But the reality is, is that a lot of people are doing things differently. And that's creating the change. So there is this incredible opportunity and window happening in the world where you can take courage from those who are willing to do things differently, even though it is painful and difficult. And even though some of those things you might not like, and yet they are making the world and institutions that have been pretty uh, slow-moving, malleable right now. And that's part of the chaos we feel, is this malleability that we're seeing in things that shouldn't be so malleable. Including how we look at the world, which is what I've been going through as a woman, seeing that... I was okay with the world the way it was a little bit. I played along. I followed the rules in most ways. Tell me the rules and I will follow it. That is something that women are really good at because that's what we do in school at a very early age. There's actual studies shown that the reason women and girls do so good at school is because they are disciplined and they are compliant. They follow the rules. They know what hoops to jump through. And so the scariest thing for me as a woman is to not jump through the hoops anymore, is to not follow the implicit rules. And that's what's going on in our culture right now. And it's hard. And it's not orderly. It's messy. It's chaotic. Mistakes will be made. But on the whole, this is the right thing. We all need to see the rules that we play by in our personal lives and in the culture, whether it has to do with gender relations or power structures or feeling like you're in choice or not. All of it's on the table. And so that is my food for thought this week. (laughs) That is my offering to the great waking from the American dream that we're all in the middle of. We're all in it right now. Every single one of us, all of us on the planet, We're all waking from this dream that promises 
success to everyone if you work hard enough. Is that true? We're all waking up to the idea that all we ever need to do is just keep expanding and and being involved in progress and that solutions will always come and that there will be no consequences from it. Is that really true? And that, you know, <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is that there are parts to the dream that are really important and good and I think are really powerful because part of it is if you can dream it and then you can really believe it in your life and then you take the actions towards it and you see the outcome of those actions, you'll know. You'll know if you're heading in the right direction or not. You'll be able to embrace the information and then you'll be able to adjust accordingly. That's the important part of the dream. And so it's in the adjustment part that's really, really important right now because that's where we're all at. We're adjusting. And the governing body of this nation has checks and balances to help with the adjustment. And I think over the long run, we're going to be okay. But it's belief and trust in the ability for us to balance equality, justice, and liberty that is terrifying all of us right now. And so I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with the idea of when and then and now and how and seeing that all of us just want to occupy our bodies, our lives in a way with ease and that we want to feel like we have an impact on the world around us in some true way and that we are seen and heard. You guys have a great week or 10 days. I don't know how long it'll be until I make another one of these. Thank you for your patience again. And I want to thank all of you here on Patreon who support this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. I'm so grateful. And I want you to know that you're in my mind all the time and that the huge amount of time that goes on sometimes between these podcasts, um, you're, you weigh on me because I, I want you to know that I am so grateful and I do not take for granted your um, support of this podcast. And so know that you are seen and heard and recognized within my heart every day. And of course, I want to thank Logan Heftel for uh, editing together all of these disparate parts of me to make it sound like I'm a single, normal human being. <laughs> and I want to thank all the musicians, whoever you are today, um, for always volunteering your music for this podcast. Thank you all. If you like Kelly Carlin and you want it to last, put your money where your mouth is and support this podcast. You know you want to go to patreon.com forward slash Kelly Carlin now. This is the solo. You know how you can make this keep going. Wing! <sighs>
Don't be a stupid fat cow. You know you want to hear more of Kelly Carlin. This podcast is fabulous, Waking from the American Dream. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Kelly Carlin and show her how much you love her now. can I do but move through? What else can I do? Focus work for all it's worth. There's nothing left to lose. I am in this. Be my witness. There's no Never gonna bring me, never gonna bring